there's, I just, sometimes I'll be looking straight at you and not see what's going on. So, not very good at multitasking. <laughs> it comes with age. I just need to get older. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, and we'll just read the first verse. We'll get, I'll, normally I read a longer text, but uh, today I'll have a little bit of relief on your feet, let you sit down before I read the longer portion. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. Everybody said they had no comforter. Comforter. Sorry, I messed up the timing on that. And on the side of their oppressors, there was power. On the side of their oppressors, there was power. But again, he said they had no comforter. Amen. They had no comforter. And I'm going to preach to you tonight on the subject, a drop in the bucket. I mean, why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us in this service. Jesus, we trust in you, God. I'm wholly reliant. I pray that you would touch every heart in this place. Give grace to the hearers of the word. God, also give grace to the message of your word. I pray that you would speak through me, God, in the way that you laid this message on my heart. I don't want to miss uh, what you've done. Hallelujah. But I pray that I can bless this church in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord glory before we're seated? Just thank him for his presence in this service tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. The colloquial phrase, a drop in the bucket, is used to indicate whatever is being referred to as the drop, that it pales in comparison to the infinitely multiplied number of drops. So if you imagine with me that we, I thought about doing this, bringing a bucket of water and then having like something with a hole punched in it and showing you guys what a drop in the bucket looks like, because I think it may have an effect. If I was teaching a Sunday school class, I probably would do that, but uh, we've all got great imaginations here, so we can imagine the rippling effect that it would have on that bucket of water. I mean, no matter how large the, the, the bucket is, I mean, when you put a drop of water into that bucket of water, I mean, there's only really one effect it has. And that is the ripple. I mean, that's the only visual effect. After the ripple's gone, you have no indicator whatsoever that the drop exists in the bucket. As soon as that ripple effect is gone, all you have is a bucket of water. And um, God, in a passage of Scripture that we will read here in just a second, told the people of Israel, he said, every nation that you face, every enemy, every problem that is produced by your enemies, is nothing more than a drop in the bucket to God. It's not, it means nothing more than just that small drop in the bucket. You can examine your drop before it falls into the bucket of water. You can, you can take it, put it on a microscope, slide, slide it under the microscope and focus in on it. And you could see a whole bunch, perhaps, of bacteria and, and um, things inside the water by magnifying the droplet. You can, you can look and focus in on that drop, and it would, become, it would become seemingly larger than it really is. If you magnify it with, with your microscope and look in it, and you, it, will, it will reveal some things that, that are inside the drop, amen, that that is not evident just by looking at it from the outside. We see the drop as it falls. And then if I poked a hole in the bottom or in the cap of this water bottle and just squeezed out, you would see and, and just got enough to where it's just dropping out. And then all, it would, all you would see is the clear water. And all you would see is just the drop itself. But you wouldn't see all of its, 
all of its contents, everything that is inside the drop of water that's also there hidden by the drop of water. And the people of Israel learned this technique of microscopic review. They looked at this drop of water, every nation, every person that presented themselves as, as an enemy against the kingdom of God, against the people of Israel, they magnified it beyond what it really was. And God said, it's nothing more than just a drop in a bucket of water. And when you take one drop and drop it into an empty bucket and it splatters all over the bottom of that container and, and really has very little effect. It may moisten the bottom of the bucket. It might, it might uh, you could see probably a little bit of the, the subdivided droplets that are, that are in the bottom of the bucket now that is splattered all over the place. Amen, but it's, it's not as much water as if you were just to take a pitcher and fill up the bucket. And if you filled it all the way up, amen, there's a, it seems like there's a lot. And God was trying to create an analogy to the Israelites, for the Israelites, to let them know that the nation or the nations that were coming against them were just a single drop in comparison to the nations and the people of the world, that the nations, that the potential for problems, the, the problem that they're facing is nothing in comparison to the potential of problems that could be coming, that they could deal with. Amen. I mean, often, we'll get into the Bible in just a second, but oftentimes we get focused on just a single, single droplet. I mean, as it, as it comes through the air and and goes through our life, and we just watch, and we just observe, and oh my goodness, what an effect that is going to have on me. I cannot begin to tell you all of the germs and diseases that may be contained within that water. I can't imagine, I cannot be, what if, what if it had malaria in it? What if it had these, all these sicknesses and diseases? And if it gets in my water, I'm going to be sick. I, if, if it gets in me, I'm going, if it comes against my life and, and touches me, I can't even begin to tell you how many problems that will produce for me. And a single droplet of water can become more than it really is. Amen. It can become more, amen, in our mind and in our imagination. Amen. If we, t if we overthink it, if we, uh, if we sit there and worry and ponder on it, amen, if we just sit there and think it over and mull it over in our mind and just, oh, man, this... This is just a real problem. I mean, I'm not going to be able, I mean, to make, a, I mean, this month's rent payment. I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. I'm not going to be able, I mean, to put food on the table. I'm not going to be able, I mean, to fix this problem in my life. Amen. Been dealing with this for a long time. Amen. Been facing this situation for longer than I can remember. And just because of the length of time that we have to examine the drop, it, we magnify it larger and larger in our life. Amen. We have more time to analyze it and study it and, and see what it could, how it could affect us. Amen. We could see, we could imagine all of the effects and contaminations that it may bring into our life. Amen. I hope somebody's hearing me here tonight. Amen. We, we may make a mistake and trip up and, and fall. Amen. And then we, we analyze that drop. Amen. We analyze amen, that mistake in our life and, and say, man, if, if somebody finds out this is going to be really devastating, this is going to, this is going to destroy my life, this is going... Amen. To bring me down. My reputation is going to be ruined. I'm not going to have much. Uh, I'm not going to have. People are not going to look at me the same way that they look at me today. Amen. All because of a single drop. Amen. In our life. Amen. God looks at this in the right from the right perspective, from the correct perspective. 
And I want, I, I just want tonight, amen, to bring your perspective up. I want you, I want to take away the microscopic lens from your eye. I want you to take a step back. Just look and see this drop as it relates to the bucket. Amen. I want you to see how small it really is. Amen, to the God that we serve. I want you to understand, amen, that him, amen, that when the drop, amen, is compared to him, amen, it's literally meaningless, pointless. That mistake that you, that you made, the thing that you've done, that you just feel like you cannot get victory over, that, that problem in your life, amen. To God, really, I'm not saying it's no big deal in the sense that if it was sin, that he doesn't care because he does care. Amen. It's sin that separates us from God. A single drop can separate us from him. Amen. But it, it, uh, it doesn't matter in the sense that when his blood washes over that drop, it takes it all away. Amen. It cleanses it far better than any sort of, uh, any sort of solution that you could spray and scrub on it. Amen, that the blood of Jesus, when it comes rolling over the droplets of sin in your life or mistakes and things that you've done wrong or, or the problems in your life, the financial crisis that you feel like you're in the middle of. Amen, when the blood of Jesus comes washing over your drops. Amen. It's nothing more than just the drop that it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talking tonight about a drop in the bucket. I've got a lengthy passage of scripture here tonight. I hope you could stay with me tonight. Man, can I get your promise that you will? Thank you. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1 says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned. Amen. I felt... As I read this passage of scripture, I felt like the Lord impressed upon me. I mean, to read this passage to you. To let you feel the passion of the prophet as he wrote these words, amen, to a people of Israel that were backslidden. Amen, they were in a state, amen, this, this passage of scripture, amen, was nearing Israel's state of being captured by the nation of Babylon. Just after the Assyrians had come in and tried to attack, amen, Hezekiah in Jerusalem. Amen, God, Hezekiah went and after, the, after Assyria, after they received victory over Assyria, God sent an angel through the camp of the Assyrians, killed 185,000 army members that were planning on attacking Jerusalem, gave them victory, amen, by the mighty hand of God. And God told Hezekiah that he, that he shouldn't be worried anymore about the nations that were surrounding him. Shouldn't be worried anymore. Because you think about the Assyrians, and, and we could go back and read. I don't want to take the time to read the entire context. I'll try to tell you. You can read about it in, uh, in 2 Kings 17, 18, and 19, I believe, and 20. And then also Isaiah, chapter, starting with verse chapter 36 on through chapter 40. Amen. But you can. Uh, but the Assyrians. Amen. They were attack. They were attacking and devastating all of these nations around Israel, around Jerusalem, around the people of God. And every time news traveled into Israel, into Israel, into Jerusalem, and to the king's ears. Amen. I the king must have been wondering. I wonder when. It's our time. I wonder when the Assyrians are going to come knocking on our door and destroy everything that we know. Amen. Hezekiah became focused on this problem, this situation, amen, that presented itself. And, 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 and he began to just examine it, and, and it became larger of a situation than it really was. Amen. Amen. We can, let, me, let me go there here for a moment. I don't want to get too bogged down here, but I do want to talk, amen, about, amen, what was being said. It 
So then came forth in, in Isaiah 36, verse 3, then came forth unto him Eliakim, Hilkiah's son, which was over the house, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah, Asaph's son, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Rabshakeh was the man sent from Assyria, and he was sent to uh, the city of Jerusalem, and these other men, Joah, Asaph's son, Shebna, uh, and um, Hilkiah, and Eliakim, these men were inside Jerusalem, and Rabshakeh comes in and says, you don't have any hope. We're getting ready to attack Jerusalem. We're going to take your city. You have no options. You have no way out. I just want to name off for you all the people that we've been destroying. I want, to, I want you to remember all of these people. Said unto them, Say ye now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? What are you doing trusting in the Lord? He said, I say, sayest, now, sayest thou, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Lo, thou trusteth in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, whereon if a man lean, it will go into his hand. He said, don't you dare put your trust in the man and the Pharaoh of Egypt and to the armies of Egypt. Their technology may be the best their their intellect may be the highest they might have reason and and it may make sense for you to lean on Egypt and to be, form an alliance with the nation of Egypt but he said everybody that trusts in Egypt amen pierces themselves and he said it will go into his hand and pierce it so is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all that trust in him I mean, he said, don't trust on your own understanding. I mean, I could preach a message right there. Let's not lean on our own understanding. Let's not lean on, amen, the, amen, the reason and the logic, amen, that we can think through, amen, our own solutions. Oh, let's make an alliance with Egypt. And, and if, if we have that alliance, we'll be strong enough, amen, to resist the nation of Assyria. Reason and logic didn't help the other nations. I mean, Assyria came marching through and took whatever possessions and land that they pleased. Amen. Because they, because that nation depended upon itself. Amen. But he said, if thou say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah had taken away and said to Judah and to Jerusalem, ye shall worship before this altar? As Hezekiah came into the nation and became the king of the nation of Israel. Amen. There was a bunch of false uh, uh, gods and a bunch of idolatry going on. And Hezekiah, Hezekiah came in and cleaned up the house and tore down all those altars and high places uh, amen, for those false gods. And then he set up a single altar amen, for the people of Israel amen, to worship the Lord at. And Rabshakeh, the man sent from king, the king of Assyria, King Shennacherib, amen, this man amen, said, are you going to trust in God? He said, Egypt's not going to do it for you. But if you trust in God, and remember, this is the enemy of the people of Israel. And so he's trying to let them know that even God that they trust in, I mean, is not going to do it for them. It says, now therefore, let me just skip down here. It says, now therefore give pledges, I pray thee, to my master, the king of Assyria. Now I will give thee 2,000 horses if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. Try to get him to use reason and logic with them. Amen. But it didn't work. And then... Let me just try and find. It says, beware lest Hezekiah persuade you. And in verse 18, saying, the Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? I want you to focus in on this drop. I want you to look at this as it really is. I want you to take it apart and dissect the problem that is being sent before you, being presented before you. Take a look at these nations, amen, around them, around you, amen. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and of Arphad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? And have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? 
Who are they among all the gods of these lands that have delivered their land out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? The Bible says they held their peace. They weren't going to sit here and talk to this man sent from Assyria. Man, the man from Assyria, the enemy, came in trying to get us to focus on the problem, trying to get us to analyze it, trying to get us to make sense of it all. The devil will try to do that to you. He'll try to make you focus in on this situation. He'll try to make you focus and question things. And really, I wonder if, I wonder if God really cares about this situation. I wonder if he really is concerned, amen, about where I'm at or what I'm doing. I wonder if God really is concerned about making it to church. I wonder if that really matters. I wonder if, I wonder if all of these holiness standards are, are absolutely necessary. I wonder, I just, the devil's going to try and make you analyze it and try to question it and reason through things. Try to make you think about it. It wasn't just Rabshakeh that was saying it. There were kings from all over the world looking on Israel and saying, you guys don't stand a chance. You guys don't have a chance. Heard say, verse 9 of uh, Isaiah chapter 37, heard say concerning Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, he has come forth to make war with thee, and when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah. Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by, by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the children of Eden, which were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arphan, the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hina and Iva? Man from Ethiopia, king of Ethiopia, sent him a letter saying, questioning everything. I want you to think about this, Hezekiah. I want you to think about this. This is Hezekiah's peer. Man that would, this is basically this guy from Ethiopia saying, this is what I'd do if I was in your shoes. I'd be surrendering everything. Trying to counsel him, trying to advise him, I mean, to do certain things, just try to, try to help him go to sort it all out. Amen. When Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it, Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, dwelt between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone. I understand why all these other nations and their gods have not helped them. Because I have a revelation of the true God. I have a revelation that He is God alone. They don't, those other nations don't serve the same God that I serve. They don't have the revelation that I have. They don't have the understanding, amen, that I have. That God is God alone. God of Israel. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Incline thine ear, O Lord, hear. Open thine ear, eyes, O God. And see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which has sent to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their countries, have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods. But the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore they have destroyed them. I mean, you got to understand where Hezekiah is coming from. I mean, he's, he's seriously deliberating over whether or not we should go to war with Assyria. What do I do? Amen. These people have lain waste 
these other nations have destroyed I mean, these other nations. And how in the world, me as a small nation, how are we going to defend our things? How are we going to defend our homes? Of a truth, Lord, you've laid waste all these other nations. In my mind, through my own reasoning, it makes sense to do everything that we can to defend ourselves. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. And you can read on the story. God sent Isaiah to prophesy to Hezekiah and told him that that I'm going to take care of you. This day I'll defend you. And he sent an angel of the Lord into the camp of the Assyrians and destroyed, amen, that army that was getting ready to attack them. And God defended Hezekiah because Hezekiah had the right perspective. All these other people tried to bring him in and focus him in on the problem and tried to make him think that, that it, really, it was a bigger situation than it really was. But, I, but Hezekiah realized he had a revelation that God is much bigger than any enemy that I can face. Any problem I mean, that they can produce for me, God is so much bigger than that. Amen. I mean, when the prophet came and told him, I'm going to take care of you. When the prophet came and said, this is the word of the Lord, I'm going to take care of you. Hezekiah put stock in that. He put faith in that. said, yes, sir. Amen. And I want you to hear this. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is accomplished. I'm going to take care of everything. And take care of everything. That her iniquity is pardoned. That's interesting to me. God had mercy. Didn't only just save their lives. But he said her iniquity is pardoned. I'm forgiving her. I'm forgiving the nation of Israel. I'm going to forgive everything they've done. Your iniquity. All these things are pardoned. And every drop... Amen, that appears in your life that you are trying to focus in on. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be saved by the mighty God. I'm not worthy, amen, to live for God. I'm not worthy, amen, to be defended by the Lord of hosts. I'm not worthy of that. And that's the devil just trying to get you to focus on those problems. I mean, God wants to give people, some people victory in this place tonight. Amen, but the enemy is trying to focus you in on those situations and the problems that you're dealing with. I really feel that right now. There are some drops in your life that, that, you, that you produce, that you, have, that you truly are guilty of, but you haven't made your way to the altar of God and said, God, and just laid it out before him and said, Every, here's everything. I'm not hiding anything from you. I mean, if you're willing to take the letter from the king of Ethiopia and lay it out before God, Say, here's the details. Here's the things that I'm looking at. Here's the problems that I'm facing. Here's the situation. This is what I'm at, God. He's not interested in some distant relationship. He's not interested in some uh, far off. Uh, amen. I'll just bless them every now and then and let them feel good about themselves. No, God is interested in getting into the nitty gritty with you. He wants to understand every drop uh, that plagues your life. Hallelujah. Anybody hearing me tonight? Her iniquity is pardoned. She hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Do you realize what the prophet's saying? He's letting them know that I don't care what it looks like. It might look like a mountain is climbing in front of you. It might look that you have to go to the depths of the next valley before you can get out of your situation. But God said, I'm going to pull those mountains down, and I'll raise those valleys up. And every rough spot, every part that you have a hard time getting over, I'm going to make that place as smooth as it can be. 
rough places will be made plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. I could stop right there. When the Lord puts a promise on your life, just like the promise we just read, every mountain we pulled down, every valley be made even. Amen. The rough places will be smoothened out. When the Lord speaks, amen, you can put stock in it, friend. Amen. You can walk on, you can stand on, amen, you can claim that promise. It's not just, it's just not just soothing speak it's not just minced words hallelujah the voice said the voice in the wilderness cry and he said what shall i cry all flesh is grass all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withereth and the flower fadeth because the spirit of the lord bloweth upon it surely the people is grass I mean, all the people that are against you, they're nothing more than just grass. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in and blows on it, it withers. Who can, my goodness, who can stand before the Lord our God? What problem is there that is too big for God to handle? It's nothing more than just withering grass when the Spirit of the Lord moves on it. It's nothing more than just fading flowers, amen, when the Spirit of the Lord moves across it. When you make it to the house of the Lord, friend, I'm not, I'm not just trying to pat you on the back and, and, and make you feel good right now. I'm trying to get you to understand what the Lord looks to do, amen, when you're in his presence. When you're in the spirit of the Lord. Amen, when Jesus was passing by just a few moments ago, what an opportunity that was presented to us. This is more than just play church. This is more than just a, just an, just a, well, I'm just going to make sure everybody sees that I'm here and, and I, I, I feel good about myself and I'll keep it up. No, this is an opportunity. Every time the doors are open, it's another opportunity for the Spirit of the Lord, amen, to blow into our life and wither the grass away and wither and, and fade those, those flowers, amen, those problems. Verse 8 of chapter 40 of Isaiah, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up. Be not afraid, say unto the city of Judah, behold your God. Don't be afraid, amen, to walk into the streets of Olathe and testify of the goodness of God. What he did for me last night at church. Amen, that he prayed, that I prayed, amen, for Jeremiah and God reached down and touched him. I'm going to keep praying that prayer of salvation for Jeremiah so the Lord can complete the work. Amen, but don't be afraid to tell Judah, behold, your God. It's just the God that we serve. He's the same yesterday, today, and for, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen, I know that we're not swinging off the chandeliers, but I hope somebody is hearing and feeling the passion amen, with which I'm preaching right now. I believe God wants to step into this place before we leave this house and show you that your situation and your problem is nothing more than a drop in the bucket. As it falls, and then it cascades, amen, through the air of your life that God will consume it and absorb it. Hallelujah. Take a look at the bucket. It's full of other problems, other lives, other situations, other people, and then going through it, dealing with life. I'm not trying to insult you, but you're just another drop in the bucket. It's not too hard for him. You know what he can do? Man, I wish I had me a bucket of water. I just think he could pick it up and drop and spill it all out. I'd probably get some 
plastic and make sure that we don't get anything wet. But that would certainly get your attention. I mean, not that I don't have it. I'm not saying that I don't. Don't read into that statement. What I'm saying is that the whole bucket, it can resolve in a moment. As quick as that. The whole bucket, all of the problems in the world, every situation that ever presented itself. Y'all just walk on by and kick that bucket over. The devil has nothing else to stand on, no more room to swim. He has no, hey, that's a pretty good little analogy there. Amen. Anybody hearing me tonight? Talking about a God that we serve. Behold your God. You just walk through the cities of Judah and talk about how good God is. Behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for, the, for him. Behold, his reward is with him. When the Lord comes into our services, I mean, he's not just coming just to, just to, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. He's not just coming I mean, to make you feel good. He's coming with his strong hand. He's coming with a strong hand of deliverance, of victory. Anytime you come to the house of the Lord, there is an opportunity for a breakthrough. There's an, if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you're bound up by something, the right hand of the Lord shows up when he shows up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His reward is also with him. And his work is before him. Amen. As the Lord leaves the service, amen, the church, this church service tonight, amen, I want to leave in his wake uh, some work, some evidence, some things, uh, amen, that he has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because uh, his right arm is here, amen, his, his, his reward is here, amen, whatever you need, whatever situation you're dealing with, it's nothing more than just a drop in the bucket. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead those that are with young. He's going to take care of them. He's going to take care of you. When you're in the presence of the Lord, it's not just passing time. It's not just hallelujah, but he's feeding the flock. Need some strength. Need some help. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and hath meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who hath directed the spirit? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord? Or being his counselor, hath taught him. With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold. Can you put this one up? Verse 15 of Isaiah 40. I want you to see, I didn't just make this up. Behold. Isaiah 40 verse. Yeah, what verse it is now. 15. Isaiah 40, verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. Read on to the next verse. And Lebanon is not, as, is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing. Hezekiah? I see all the devastation around you. I recognize they're destroyed. I recognize they're plundered. Syrians have overtaken them. But if they had only trusted in me, if they had only called on me, I would have taken care of them. I would have defended them. These nations didn't know the Lord. 
I want you to understand, Hezekiah, that your nation is not any different than the rest of them. All you have to do is call on me. All you have to do is mention my name. All you have to do is come before me in prayer and lay it all out. God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. And it's nothing more than a drop in the bucket. Syria is nothing more than a drop in the bucket. I've got this. You just keep on trusting in me, Hezekiah. I know you're really struggling. I know you're really going through it. I know, I know it really doesn't make sense. God, I've tried to perfect this nation before you. I've tried to create a place that would serve you. I tried to do everything in my power to please you. Here come the Assyrians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God said, don't worry about it. I've got it all under control. Don't you worry about it, Hezekiah. Child of God, don't you worry about it. You just find your pl- you a place of prayer and talk to him. You just find yourself a, a place uh, on your knees and lay it out before him. Hallelujah. Somebody, amen, before you leave this place tonight, you ought to find that place, amen, before him and say, God, I know it's not a real problem for you. I recognize how powerful and real you really are. Amen, God, I'm presenting it before you. Every detail. I'm not hiding anything back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the nations before him are as nothing. They are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and a goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heaven that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Hallelujah. Amen. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, the stock. Amen. That grass, it's not even going to get a chance to be planted. It's not even going to get a chance to be sown. The stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, the, behold he, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. He never fails. He never fails. Not one time. I said not one time. He never fails. When you bring it to him, he never, men will fail you. People will fail you. But there is one that never fails. Old Egypt, he'll fail you. You can make your alliances, Hezekiah. You can can think it all out. He's going to fail you. But if you could find a place in prayer, he won't fail you. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Why are you saying, he doesn't even see me? He doesn't even hear me? He doesn't even know where I'm at? It's like I'm hiding from him. 
It's like I'm all hidden and he cannot find me. Why do you say that, Jerusalem? Why do you say that, Israel and Judah? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, amen, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I don't care how you, how you get here, Hezekiah. But if you could just make it into the presence of the Lord, even if you're spiritually broken, even after every, every, ever, even after every effort of resolving the situation, even when you're broke, you don't have a dime to your name, even when your situation has absolutely spent every ounce of strength uh, that you possess. Even if the creditors keep calling and, and the debt lenders keep on uh, knocking on your door and sending those letters. I feel the Holy Ghost here. And this quietness doesn't intimidate me. I, I feel like God is just working right now. I'm not at all concerned, amen, about the level of noise and the decibel level in this. I, what I am concerned about is what's going on in here. Is there anybody that's willing to stretch out before the Lord? God, I've already tried. I've tried to make the right alliances and the right, the proper connections. I've tried to, to discuss it with the appropriate people, people in my own situation, people that should have the answer. I've already gone through the appropriate channels, and I'm still, I'm still struggling with this. I still have these droplets all over my life. I keep looking at it. I keep seeing it every morning, every time I wake up, every time I, I go to sleep. It's ever before me. I can't get it out of my mind. It wakes me up in the middle of the night, and I, and I, I feel hopeless. I don't feel like I can do anything to fix it. I feel at a loss. I, I don't even have uh, I don't even have the words to express to you, God, where I'm at right now. Child of God, I know you feel hopeless. Child of God, I understand where you're at. I really do. I've been right there. Don't you dare give up on God. Don't you dare walk out on Him. He's someone you can trust in. He's someone that you can lean on. You lean on the reed of Egypt and it'll pierce your hand. But you lean on God and He'll uphold you. I'm not just saying this. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You lean on His everlasting arm. You hold to Him in His everlasting truth. He never changes. My, my, my. Hey, we don't have to have an altar call. You can make your way to these altars anytime you feel good and ready. Huh. Zakiah, why don't you make your way to the Lord tonight? I've got a lot more here I could go through. I, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily feel. You just obey the Holy Ghost. Feels like there's no one that can comfort me. 
I'm struggling and doesn't feel like I can get relief. If I'm, I'm dealing with this, uh, this oppression is, is killing me. I cannot get out of this. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4 says, Jesus said, John 16 and 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. I know, I know that you don't want me to go, disciples. I know that you don't want me to leave, but this is important that I go from you because if I go away, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send them unto you. I know it's not how you planned it. But I'm sending my comforter. I'm sending the Holy Ghost. I'm sending the Holy Ghost to meet you right where you're sitting right now. Right where you're kneeling right now. Blessed are they that mourn. They shall be. They shall be. They shall be comforted. Holy Ghost is waiting here in these altars to wrap you all up. He's a comforter. He's a comforter. He Oh, we got to get through this tonight, church. We got to get through this tonight. Somebody lay it out before the Lord. God, this is where I'm at. God, here's where I am. I'm, I'm kneeling before you. God, I, I need you to help me right now. I need you to change me. I need you to deliver me. God, I want the blood of the Lamb to wash over this and absorb every drop. God, friend, it's nothing more than a drop in the bucket. Friend, it's nothing more than a drop in the bucket. Oh, somebody... Somebody cry out to him tonight. Don't worry about what people are thinking. Come on, if every one of us lifted our voice, there would be no distinction among us. There would be no, uh, there would be no identifying who's crying. Amen. If we all got under a burden for one another. <laughs>